Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Thank all of you for being here today. We love you. We value you more than I could ever put into words, and um, we are honored by your presence. Thank you for being here. I want you to think about something as we start today. Um, What do people say to each other about you? How do people personally feel about you, that know you, that are close to you, um, whatever. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not really talking about gossip, so to speak, which I'm very much against. I'm talking about just truthful conversation, okay? Not, not attacking, not criticizing necessarily, but just what do you think they say? What do you think the people closest to you think and feel and believe about you? Try this one on for size. How do you feel, think, and believe about yourself? Okay? I'm going to be quiet for 30 seconds, and I would like for you just to think about that thing. How, how do people think about me? as a person, people close to me, people really close to me, people not so close to me, not being critical, but just how do they honestly, truly think and feel? Think about that for the next 30 seconds. Okay, thank you. Now, for some of you, that was a very uncomfortable exercise, wasn't it? You try hard not to think about those things, right? Okay? All right, well, now let's let's take it a step further. Um, When you are getting close to your last days, 
on this planet. Hopefully that'll be when you're 90, 100, uh, for Tom Costello, 120, and healthy, not because you're, you know, you, you're got some terrible disease, but just, you know, it's about time for you to go, and um, you've had a great, long, healthy life, okay? But when that time comes for you, based on the way your life is going right now, what you're doing and not doing, what do you think people will say and think and feel and believe, even if they don't say it, when your time here is done, based on the way that you're going now. Okay? Take about 20 seconds and picture, imagine, and ponder that. Okay, hopefully that wasn't too unpleasant, but maybe it served well in our conversation for today to help make the point that, that I'm trying to make. And that is, do you want to be a person of substance or not? And I think you know what I mean by that, a person of substance, okay? Uh, many, of you, many of you have heard me tell the story that I was speaking at a big conference one time, and uh, the person who was out front speaking was someone who I had been kind of a fan of and was, um, oh, world famous. If I said the name right now, I doubt there'd be a single person who didn't immediately know who I was talking about. Um and they, what they said out there on the stage was just terrific and wonderful, and I was agreeing with them and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then they came off stage, went backstage, went back to sort of a remote corner where I think they believed that no one could hear them, got on their cell phone, and just started cussing somebody out up one side and down the other. I mean, it was vicious. It was, I was absolutely shocked. And it was about um, the wrong tile in their new kitchen remodel or something like that. I mean, you know. And, and, um, and then it was interesting to me. They never knew I heard that. Um, but later I had more opportunity to be around that person, and it struck me how unbelievably unhappy that person was and how stressed they were and nervous and fearful and angry. And 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 I, I never would have had a clue about that just from their writings and their work and their performances, okay? And um, even though that person is extremely wealthy, has, you know, multiple houses, um, all the bells and whistles and toys and, you know, that, that jet set kind of life and all that sort of thing. 
Uh, I would not call them a person of substance. And I now know today that a number of people that are close to that person would say the same thing. Okay? So when I say a person of substance, I'm not necessarily talking about a person of money or material things. I'm talking about a person of honor, a person of integrity, a person of love and joy and peace, a person who cares, a person who tries to help others, a person who you can trust with your life, um, a person of substance, okay? And, and we've all experienced that, you know, where we've, we've uh, known people or talked about people, and we've even heard that phrase, man, he is, he or she is, boy, they are really a person of substance. They are really the real thing. They are, boy, what you see is what you get. They are through and through. They are true. They are straight as an arrow. They are... You know, we've all heard those kind of things, okay? And and so think about now, how would it feel to you if that's how others felt and believed and spoke about you and it's how you felt about yourself, okay? Let's take about 15 seconds or so. And ponder that. How would that feel if that was just honestly what people said about you and how you felt about yourself? Take just a few seconds and, and, and think about how that would feel. All right. That one feels really good, doesn't it? And I know because I tried this before I had you do it, and it felt really good to me too, okay? And when I get to the end of my days, those are the kind of things I would like for other people to think and feel and say about me. You know, you know when, I, uh, when I used to do a lot of counseling and therapy, when I did uh, uh, work with older people, and I've shared this before on this program, used to break my heart when people would get to the end of their life and they were filled with regret, this crushing regret. If I only hadn't done this or if I'd only done that, my life would have gone in a completely different direction. My relationship with my kids or my wife or my father or mother or friends or whatever would have been totally different, you know, but now they feel like they're out of time and there's nothing that they can do about it. And it and it's just absolutely crushing them, okay? Well, what if I could wave a magic wand to those people sitting in front of me in my counseling office and say, Okay, I'm going to grant you a wish, and, I, and, and you're going to be able to go back 50 years or 40 years or 30 years or 20 years and do it differently. How do you think they'd feel? Oh, man, if they really believed I could do that, and if I could, which, of course, I can't, it'd be the happiest day of their life. They would be beside themselves. They would be jumping up and down, whooping and hollering, um, 
can't wait, let's go, I'm ready, oh, wow, this is, you know, well, please hear what we're about to talk about today while you've still got that time, before you get to that place in your life. And even if you are at that place in your life, I believe that what we're going to talk about today can change that for you even though you're already there, okay? So um, I think this is one of those teachings where maybe you'll thank me more later than you will now. You know that old Mr. Transmission commercial that used to be on TV all the time a couple or three decades ago? You'll pay me now or pay me later, you know? Well, this is one maybe where you'll thank me more later. Um, I want to make a statement to you. Please listen to this. All true substance cannot be seen with the eyes or touched with the hands. Those things that we're talking about when we say a person of substance, all true substance cannot be seen with the eyes or touched with the hands. All that can be seen or touched is not truly real. It is an illusion of sorts, but a very powerful one. Now, I don't mean, I'm not trying to tell you some weird, freaky thing that the couch you're sitting on is not really there, okay? I'm not, that's not where I'm going, okay? I know the couch is there. I know that if you hold $10 in your hand, you've got $10 in your hand, okay? But what I'm saying is, in, in the context of the person of substance or things in life that are of true substance, and, and those being things of honor and integrity and love and relationship and things like that, you cannot see those things with the eyes or touch them with the hands. They are not sensed with the physical senses. They're sensed with spiritual senses. And I don't mean that the, the person that is in front of you, because relationships are what it's all about, is not real. But I'm saying their skin is not really real. How they look, the color of their hair, whether they're big or little, short or tall, a few pounds overweight, skinny, or just right, I'm saying that stuff, the stuff you have contact with through the five physical senses, is the most unreal. The stuff that can't be touched with the hands, that can't be seen with the physical eyes, is what is most real and most substantive in your life. And it is those things, those unseen and untouchable with the senses things, that are going to directly determine when you are at the end of your days here, what people will say and think about you, not in a criticizing, gossipy way, but in an honest way, and the way you will honestly, truly feel about yourself way down deep. And I promise you that's true because I've worked with many people who were at the end of their life and had 
money to buy everything they wanted me many times over. And I promise you that every single one of them that I have dealt with couldn't give a flip about that money at the end. In fact, some of them hated it and wished they'd never had that money because it ruined their lives. As maybe you've seen through some of the shows, like The Curse of the Lottery Winners, where so many lottery winners, their whole life implodes after they get those millions of dollars, when they thought it would do the opposite. I've seen specials about that, by the way. The latest special I saw was a group of lottery winners getting together to that that's such a regular occurrence and happened so consistently that they were getting together to try to make sure it didn't happen to them because it seemed the thing that usually happens, okay? So, what am I saying? I'm saying that maybe some of us need a paradigm shift. Do you value the unseen substance right this moment? Which do you value most? At 119 Central Time on Wednesday, April whatever it is. I don't have the date in front of me. But at this moment, which do you value most? The unseen substance or the seen substance? You know how to tell if you have trouble telling? How are you living? Are you living like you value the seen more or like you value the unseen more? Honor, integrity, relationship, love. That's your choice. And it's your choice every day, a hundred times a day. But it's not that simple. If you've been listening to this program, you know it's not that simple. Because all of us have this programming inside us. Just like your computer comes with software and programming, hardware and software, we have hardware and software. And our most basic hardware in light of what we're talking about today, is our stimulus response belief system to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And very, very often that means physical. But we're really supposed to kind of outgrow that when we get to six, seven, eight years old, and unless our life is in imminent danger to say I'm not living my my life based on that pain pleasure now, I'm living it based on love and truth, and honor, and integrity, and win, 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 with no losers. But it's difficult to do unless you either have what I call a transforming aha, which almost in a moment, all of a sudden you see something or realize something that changes everything and has a positive domino effect in your heart, spirit, soul, mind, and even body. Einstein said he had one of those when he had the vision of, of riding on a beam of light. And, and it was 
E equals MC squared, only it took him 12 or 15 years after that to prove the math. And he said that he, that at the moment he had the vision, he knew it was true. But it took him years after that to prove the math. And many others have had visions like that, where everything changed in an instant. And I've had a, I've had that a time or two in my life, but it doesn't typically happen that way. Typically, we have to get on the rubber gloves and the mask and get down into there, into the garbage, and clean out the garbage. We have to deprogram and reprogram. We've got computer viruses that we got to get rid of, and then we need some new software. And that's where you get out the codes, and you clean house, and you say, you know what? I'm constantly focused on physical stuff. I'm focused on money. I'm focused on sex. I'm focused on stuff that money can buy. I'm focused on how people see me and achievement and pride-type issues. And, you know, I want to live as a person of substance, and I want to value the unseen, but every time I try it, I just can't seem to do it. Fine. That, me too. Get the codes out and, and work on those issues. Start with, um, um, just start in Category 1 and then rotate through all the categories. You're going to find most of that materialistic stuff and valuing the wrong thing in the um, behaviors category, the harmful actions category, all right? So work up, find those, work on those, heal those, until, and then infuse the positive with the success codes in that 40-day infusion process so that you can truly live valuing the unseen that is the substance of the things that we truly value most when the rubber meets the road, which is when catastrophe comes or at the end of our life. How does this phrase sound to you? How does it feel to you? Go do your best. Go do your best. How does that feel about going to work today. Go do your best in love. How about your most important relationships? Go meet with that person today. Spend time with that person today and do it the best you can in love. That feels really good to me. Go do your best and do it in love. You know, I think if we went by that simple little thing, and everything I do, I'm going to do my best, and I'm going to do it in love, we would start to build up tremendous substance in our life of the things that really matter. And if we did that with our relationships, with our career, with our job, with our health, You're going to start feeling about yourself that you are internally a person of substance. And other people are going to notice that. 
and they're going to start feeling and thinking that about you as well. But being a person of substance is only possible by people of substance. And people of substance will do the things of this world that are truly substantial. Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Jesus, Abraham Lincoln, and it, and it goes on and on and on. Substantial things are done by substantial people. And, and the determination of whether you're a substantial person or not are the unseen things of your life. Not the way you look or the pounds you carry the house you live in, the car you drive, your bank account, those have nothing to do with true, internal, eternal, lifelong substance. If you are not living as a person of substance, it means you are doing the inconsequential. And I don't care if you're worth $30 million or if you have a whole string of bestseller books, if you've invented the latest, greatest thing, if you're the new uh, uh, idol on television star that everybody is screaming over, if you are not doing those things as a person of substance, and if you are not about doing the substantial things that are prioritizing the unseen, the eternal, then no matter how much money you make, no matter how many headlines you're on, you're doing the inconsequential. And the inconsequential is what leads us to, at the end of our time here, feeling that crushing regret. Well, I've determined I don't want to live that way. If God will help me, I want to be a person who is about things of substance, not the inconsequential. And I would love it if you would join